Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. Comma. Hi, I'm Comma, Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Awesome, and joined with first-time guest, Cody. Hi, I'm Cody, and you can find me on Twitter at the Crimson Lord. Fantastic. I love how, like, the Duncan Egg series are just, like, bringing out the menfolk. Never had so much testosterone in this podcast. It's fantastic. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we are continuing our reading of the Duncan Egg Tales um, with part two of The Sworn Sword. So um, if you want to follow along with us, we're using um, Tor.com. Um, if you want to see where we're doing our breaks in these novellas, so, you know, please read along with us, send us some, some questions. Um, spoilers for the Duncan Egg novellas, as well as um, the general A Song of Ice and Fire books, possibly the Game of Thrones series, too. So just to recap where we left off, we had Duncan Egg, and they're bringing back a wine order for Sir Eustace of Stanfast from Dosk. When they return, the Chucky stream has gone dry, which is dire because summer has come. Um, the horrible and sometimes hilarious Venice discards Dunk. Um, <laughs> d- oh, sorry, dissuades Dunk from investigating. Venice should have stayed in his slow lane because he just makes matters worse by cutting down one of the Lady Weber's men. Old Sir Eustace doesn't like it, but wants to prepare his small folk for battle. Um, a grim Dunk does as asks, and trains a bunch of farmers. They suck so bad he has nightmares. So that's where we left off. So their training continues, this time with Dunk um, charging at the men on Thunder and Egg on Maester. It doesn't go well. They break through their shield wall easily. And uh, Sir Eustace comforts Dunk by telling him that his sons work with the men 14 days and made soldiers of them all. Dunk asks how many came back from the battle. He answers three. Sir Eustace shares some more family history with Dunk. Um, how Coldmoat was once one of four castles in his family, and over time, and after the Targaryen conquest, his family diminished. There is still Chucky lion carved over Coldmoat's gate. Once Eustace proposed a marriage between his son Adam and Lord Wyman's daughter. He was courteously refused, then laughed at behind his back. I love how we get like this, just a little glimpse into like uh, Eustace's uh, version before we get, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the Weber version mm-hmm. of how things went down. I love that there's even a little part, a little point of it where he repeats himself, and so it's so perfect as like that drunk, you know, like the drunk uncle telling like have have truths of the olden days, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it's just, you can just, I can picture him in my head so clearly Mm -hmm. a little bit of revisionist history for sure. Eustace is a a fan of as we all are. (laughs) He's an older man and they, you know, he lost everything. 
Yeah. He's sad, right? He's such a sad character. Like, I, I can't... I can't dislike him, but he's just, he's too pathetic. I, I, I do feel bad for the dude. Is that just me? You guys don't care? No. <laughs> yeah, no. It's hard to feel, I mean, even later, you know, when things, we start to learn what the other side of the story is, I, I still can't be mad at him. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's just, he's lost everything pretty much. He's got really nothing left but his pride and his sort of slightly warped memories. And Yeah, I mean, he's just completely living in, like, this rose-colored version of the past. Which, you know, that's a very, very human thing. We all right. do that. So, yeah, I, I do feel sorry for him. So, um, the final straw for Eustace came when, um, Dake was killed and he was told to search for him at the bottom of the moat. And since that day, Eustace vowed never to set foot in the castle unless to take possession. And Dunk offers to go in his place. Um, he took no such vow. He could offer silver to Weber in exchange for the injury to her man. And he could ask, uh, he could also ask her to remove the dam. <laughs> I love Can we go back. Yeah. Oh, go go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I love how um, in this bit um, we have Eustace confusing Lemon Dake. It's mm-hmm. like the old age. Is it, it questions like, is it old age or does he not really care that much about the person? It's just the idea of the insult. Oh, I think yeah. it's totally the insult. Yeah, that, that, that exchange was amazing on the audiobook. It was. <laughs> Damn, you guys, we should have, like, stock in this audiobook. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's funny. And it's kind of like what we'll see later with Weber, too, right? It's the principle of the thing that matters, right? Exactly. Uh, what was that you wanted to add, Guile? Um, you wanted to go back to... Yeah, this was right after, um, right after Dunk comes back after the failed training, and there's a part of the passage and it's italicized for emphasis as if we didn't get it where dunk thinks a sworn sword owes his liege service and obedience but this is madness um hmm. you know i think when we think about dunk and his parallels with brienne and you know frankly with jamie in this case too that's like really interesting that that you know, he thinks that like you know brienne could use a, a lot of that basically <laughs> yeah and um well and and- jamie kind of figured out a way around it yeah yes true like and like like brianne right dunks dunk still plugs on even though he knows in his mind it's madness right well except that you know dunk was really pushing for a way to not turn this into a battle you know he's not that foolhardy he Mm -hmm. he's trying to find a way out of it does this give us hope for maybe brianne's decision making ultimately (laughs) oh i hope so (laughs) (laughs) So um, later, Dunk has another bath prepared, much to Egg's protest. And he has had three baths. It's like, oh, it's three. <laughs> In like a year. I don't know. <laughs> so Dunk tells Egg he doesn't want to speak to a high lady smelling like Bennis. And then Egg's retort, I thought was hilarious. You would have to roll in a tub of manure droppings to smell like <laughs> Bennis. <laughs> like, painting quite a picture of this dude. So Dunk ang- anguishes a bit about how the conversation will go, will go, and then he confesses to Egg that he doesn't even know how to talk to a highborn lady. And Egg suggests, you know, a bit of gallantry, you know, singing or lute playing. <laughs> Basically, he's of very little help. <laughs> 
as any small child would be, I think, when it comes to women matters. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, later on, I feel like he gives some solid advice. <laughs> When's that? Well, you're complimenting her. You know, it's like Egg knows like the universal, the universal elements, right? He knows what he's observed, right, at court. Right. I think that's what he's drawing right. from. <laughs> to be fair, he does, Dunk does try, so. Yeah, and I like that they dropped the little the bear and the maiden fair in there. There's so oh, yeah. many little things in here. That was great. <laughs> There's another parallel. <laughs> I like. I, I think we need to be starting to like flag these for the comparison episode. There's so many. Put some yeah. like asterisks next to this. <laughs> so, um, A cautions Dunk to not eat or drink. It's known that Lady Weber uses poisons amongst the plethora of other horrible things she does, including the black arts. Um, Dunk claims that highborn ladies don't meddle in the black arts. And A gives the example of Lady Shaira, Bloodraven's paramour, who bathes in blood to keep her beauty. And his sister Ray, who tried to give him a love potion once. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how Doug thinks, you know, the incest. Oh, you know, it's just so he just, you know, it's just like nothing. He brings it up and right. <laughs> that boy ain't right. Oh, Targaryens. That is exactly what I had in my notes. Oh, that Targ incest. <laughs> and like little, you know, is it, you know, we think it's either Ray or, da- or Dala here that potentially are Brienne's ancestresses too. So it's kind of funny. Aw. Well, that's okay then. No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> what about this Lady Shaira, Blood Raven's like Countess Bathory, bathing in blood? Yeah. Is this for real? Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of well, not a lot, but I mean, there's definitely some hypotheses that she's actually Quaith, among other people. Um, oh. Yeah, like there's, you know, I think people would not be shocked to see her show up in the main story. Quaith is way too benign for that to be. Well, I also but, think, like, her attributes are, like, definitely um, exaggerated, I'm sure. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, possibly, like, Lady Weber. You know, they could have, right, like, hmm. oh, she's gorgeous. She must bathe in the blood of her enemies. <laughs> <laughs> she's playing an even bigger game than Lady Weber. <laughs> yeah. Because I really do believe that it's perpetuated by Lady Weber herself, like this reputation she has, because she's, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I really do feel like she's, you know, a woman in this this kind of world, and she's trying to, I guess, keep keep everyone in check. Yeah, that could be a smart move. She, you know, she instigated it herself to mm-hmm. a little bit of protection there. Would it be, though? I mean, she has to get married before she turns... Oh yeah, that's right. True. So she's, she's scaring away her chances. Yeah. Oh. Maybe yeah. she's only scaring away the wimpy guys. Like she wants like a man that doesn't care about <laughs> you know dying. <laughs> <laughs> that's one that will. I mean, if you look at like, if you look at the women in A Song of Ice and Fire who have managed to hold on to like their lands even though they don't have a husband or whatever i mean they tend to be tough cookies because i think you gotta be or you're gonna get you know they're gonna walk all over you yeah and unfortunately Um, every once in a while you have to like call your bluff like i mean not call your bluff but actually fulfill fulfill your bluff yeah and i think she has i think i mean it's also possible i mean she's this tough 
you know, she's tough. She's like, you know, kind of what you need to be to be in that kind of leadership position. But then they've taken that and the small folk have now embroidered that quite a bit. So now she's got all this other stuff going on, you know, to her legend. Seriously, if you're like a Machiavellian ruler in Westeros, I feel like one of the first things I would do would be to hire a couple of singers to come up with some songs about, like, <laughs> my badassness, just to, like, spread them around to people. <laughs> just, like, amp up the hype about you. Yeah, yeah like, basically move. hype yourself. I feel like this is a this is a good strategy. Well, PR. <laughs> so, uh, we, to continue on, Aeg... Um, tells Dunk that he doesn't want to marry. He wants to be in the King's Guard. And Dunk tells him that, you know, one day you may want a woman over a white cloak. Dunk tells Egg he will stay behind with Bennis tomorrow. He's too concerned for the boy's safety to take him to cold moat. And in the morning, Egg rose bright and early to convince Sir Eustace that a knight is more impressive with a squire. He's fully dressed and ready to go. Dunk thinks he's been outwitted by a boy of ten. <laughs> and he has. <laughs> yes. <laughs> doesn't he doesn't he mouth a clout in the ear to him yes yep. yeah. <laughs> do any of you have the the book the hardback the knight of the seven kingdoms because yes, the I illustrations do. are great they They're almost fantastic. look like a turn of the century kind of well you know 19th century kind of mm-hmm. They're cute. And this this one in particular with his little straw hat. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they remind me of um I had um I don't know, it was like called the Book of Knowledge or something like that when I was a kid. It was like, you know, they were my father's. They were these set of mm-hmm. books. And then whenever they had the fairy tales, the characters looked a lot like that. That So, that yeah, that sort of late 19th century style of illustrations. In particular, Lady Weber looks mm-hmm. a lot like, oh, you yeah. know, some of those characters. And I love it. I mean, it's a great look. It's kind of like the Alice in Dunk Wonderland. Looks like, Dunk looks like a Green Bay Packer, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's cute in the book. Yeah, he is cute in here. He's cuter than yeah, a Green Bay Packer. <laughs> I, I don't know this football talk. You're talking in tongues here. But um, he does kind of look like a baby Harry Krishna at times. Oh, no, it's egg. Egg, not dunk. Egg. Oh, sorry, not dunk. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so Lord Eustace rides out with them for a bit. Um, they pass his wife and son's graves beneath the blackberry bushes and Eustace asks Dunk which side Lord Arlen fought for, and Dunk thinks this is a dangerous question. And he answered, Lord Hayford. Uh, Sir Eustace talks of the great battle of the Blackfire Rebellion, a terrible thing, and then he adds, but also sometimes beautiful. He says there were 10,000 dead men at the Redgrass Fields, and the fight was much closer than they tell you in of these days. Um, and he blames Blood Raven. It could have gone the other way. Sir Eustace claims that Blood Raven used white arrows under a black spell that ended the Black Dragon and his sons. And then he adds, small wonder we are all cursed. So as they travel, the day grows hotter and Dunk is getting a little irritated with Sir Eustace's chatter. He finally departs when they reach the woods with the parting words, come home with my water, sir. Egg has put some thought into how Dunk should approach his conversation with Lady Weber. And I just pulled a little bit out of there. So when he was gone, Egg said, I thought how you could speak to Lady Weber, sir. You could win her to your side with gallant compliments. The boy looked as cool and crisp in his checky tunic as Sir Eustace had in his cloak. Am I the only one who sweats? 
gallant compliments, echoed. What sort of gallant compliments? You know, sir, tell her how fair and beautiful she is. Dunk had doubts. She's outlived four husbands. She must be as old as Lady Vaith. Mm -hmm. If I say she's fair and beautiful when she's old and warty, she will take me for a liar. You just need to find something true to say about her. That's what my brother Darian says. Even ugly old whores can have nice hair or well-shaped ears, he says. Well-shaped ears. <laughs> Dunk doubts were growing. Or pretty eyes. Tell her that her gown brings out the color of her eyes. The lad reflected for a moment. Unless she only has the one eye, like Lord Bloodraven. <laughs> <laughs> my lady, that color brings out the color of your eye. Dunk had heard knights and lordlings mouth such gallantries at other ladies. They never quite put it quite so baldly, though. Good lady, that gown is beautiful. It brings out the color of both your lovely eyes. <laughs> Some of the ladies had been old and scrawny or fat and florid or pox, scarred and homely, but all wore gowns and had two eyes. And as Dunk recalled, they'd been well pleased by the flowery words. What a lovely gown, my lady. It brings out the lovely beauty of your beautiful colored eyes. A hedge knight's <laughs> life is simpler, Dunk said glumly. If I say the wrong thing, she's like to sew me in a sack of rocks and throw me in her moat. I doubt she'll have a biggest snuff sack, sir, said Egg. We could use my <laughs> boot instead. <laughs> no, Dunk growled. We couldn't. <laughs> so this is just a glorious bit of exchange here. <laughs> Amazing. I love the well-shaped ear. I, yeah. I've never heard anyone say that to anyone, but now I'm saving it up for the next compliment because that's, that's, that's brilliant. You're waiting for someone with well-shaped ears to lay that one on, comma. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find somebody, you know. It's it's actually really practical advice, though, you know. Makes sense, you know. Find something positive. Yeah. Any <laughs> any old whore's got something nice about them. <laughs> I mean, think about it though. Like, if Egg had been around for Hyle, you know, Hyle's basic compliment is like, "Well, in the dark, you wouldn't be so ugly." Instead, <laughs> he could have said something like. You have well-shaped ears, my lady Brienne. You, know, you have lovely eyes. They go well with your, you know. <laughs> Both of your eyes, eyes are lovely. <laughs> you have two eyes, and they are nice. Good like, for you. That would be better. <laughs> and is there any place, you know, I'm trying to think if there's any place else in a series. I mean, this is obvious. They keep harping on this. Your eyes go, you know, they, you know, your gown looks you know, your eyes look beautiful with your gown. It's very much a Jamie thing. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of anywhere else where that was stated anywhere in the this Here could be another parallel for sure, I think. I mean, they keep repeating it, so that's the first thing I thought of. Because <laughs> I can't. Too, like, every time, you know, Dunk is so, he's aware multiple times in, in this part about, you know, Blood Raven, a thousand eyes and one. Like, he's really, he really is aware that, or feels like he's being watched almost, I wonder, you know? No. Yeah, he's like, the whole eye and eyes yeah. always kind of come back to Blood Raven, too. Yeah. Yeah. Does uh, think cor about him correct me if I'm wrong, but is this the first time we hear? Is this the first book we hear about both the Blackfire Rebellion and Bloodraven? Um, I think yeah. Bloodraven for sure. I think because the first book has no mention of the Blackfire Rebellion. I'm pretty sure you're right. I think it's the first time. Okay. Hmm. Dum I mean, with somebody, too, like, uh, how could you not think about Blood Raven watching you, right? Um, or just because like, cause he, has about, like, he has egg. He has egg, right? He's got to have right. spies on him. Like, God, I hope he's not spying on me when I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> Taking my baths, my various baths. <laughs> 
So emerging from the woods, the waters of the stream are running deeper. Um, they plunge in and emerge wet. Dunk changes into his best tunic, the one from Dorne with his elm sigil adorning it. Coldmo is a bit of a disappointment to Dunk. It's nothing compared to Storm's End or King's Landing. Although the moat is full of gurgling checky water, and this sets Dunk's teeth on edge. Two guards bar their way, one with a beard and the other beardless. Egg insults the bearded guard, resulting in a, his first clout on his ear from Dunk. <laughs> so he tells the boy to mind the horses and goes inside the castle walls to meet with the Castilian Longinge. He'll need the man's permission to speak to Lady Weber. So inside the wall, there is loads of activity. We have hounds barking, singing from inside the sept, blacksmith working away. Um, we have a squire and a freckled girl with a very long braid having an archery shootout. And also there's about a half dozen knights knocking around a Quinton. So much different scene from what's been going on at Chicken Tower. <laughs> Chicken Tower. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I like this intro to Cold Moat. You really get the picture that it's a lively place and, you know, it, it paints the picture of the difference. And again, I know I haven't been on, you know, this is my first episode of the Dunkin' Egg that I've been on, but I, I love how when I listen, you guys were talking about, you kind of, you kind of get a feel for a happier time. And to me, this summed that all up. You know, you had saw people going about everyday things. There wasn't all this, you know, major stress going on or violence or anything. It was just normal, nice. You know, like life at a castle. Five, yeah, like the first like five minutes of you know Game of Thrones that in Winterfell. <laughs> yes, like, that's they're like maybe two minutes, long. like where everyone's just like running around and like they're you know doing archery and they're yeah. having fun and then like you know they're all dead. But then the Baratheons <laughs> show up and it all goes to hell. Right, yeah. but like there's that like moment of like the, all the activity in the castle and everyone's happy and running around. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, inside Dunk meets Long Inch. He's 40 something, nearing 50, not as tall as Dunk, with lots of yellow teeth. With him is a gassy, possibly drunk, and sweaty Septon named Sefton. Long Inch isn't very friendly. He tells Dunk to run back to his chicken tower and bring him Bennis. Dunk insists he will speak to her ladyship about Bennis and the stolen water. Things get a bit more tense with Long Inch and Dunk, and um, the Septon urges, you know, him to just oh, just let him speak with her. Long Inch relents and tells Dunk to keep it brief. So when the Sept opens up, the worshippers emerge. There's knights and squires and a lady in mirish lace. Long Inch asks if she will hear Dunk's message from Sir Eustace. Um, and then Sir Eustace asks me to talk with you about your dam. And he's like, he's like, you know, the one you built. And the lady tells Dunk she's been at devotions, but perks up when the talk turns to melons. <laughs> Love how doofusy they made this poor woman. <laughs> so Dunk is getting suspicious when they are interrupted by the girl with the long braid, um, barely as tall as the long bow she carries. And this is Lady Rohan. So I'm going to just read a little bit. Forgive us, Lady Rohan. The speaker was a pretty young lord with the Caswell centaur embroidered on his doublet. This great oaf took the Lady Hellicent for you. Dunk looked from one lady to the other. You are the Red Widow? He heard himself blurt out. But you're too young. The girl tossed her longbow to the lane lanky lad she'd been shooting with. I'm five and twenty, as it happens. Or was it small, you meant to say? Pretty. It was pretty. Oh, God, Dunk. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Dunk did not know where that came from, but he was glad it came. He liked her nose and the strawberry blonde color of her hair and the small but well-shaped breasts beneath her leather jerkin. I thought that you'd be, I mean, they said you were uh, four times a widow, so. My husband died when I was ten. He was twelve, my father's squire, ridden down from the red grass field. My husband seldom linger long, I fear. The last died in the spring. That was what they always said of those who had perished during the great spring sickness two years past. He died in the spring. Many tens of thousands had died in the spring, amongst them a wise old king and two young princes full of promise. I, I am sorry for your losses, my lady. A gallantry, you lunk. Give her a gallantry. I want to say your gown. Gown? She looked down at her boots and breeches. <laughs> Loose linen tunic and leather jerkin. I wear no gown. Your hair, I meant, it's soft and... And how would you know that, sir, if you had ever touched my hair? I think I might remember. Not soft, Dunk said miserably. Red. I, I meant to say your hair is very red. Very oh. red, sir. Oh, not as red as your face, I hope, she laughed. And the onlookers <laughs> laughed with her. <laughs> this reminds me of the first time I ever talked to a girl. <laughs> Did she have nice breasts beneath her leather jerkin as well? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they were good. <laughs> it's just so like endearing. Like this lady blurts out, "Pretty." It was pretty. Like hmm. I think she was digging him right from that moment. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, let's see. I can't even. Where did I leave off? Oh yeah. So uh, we have Long Inch informing Lady Rohan that Dunk was um, with Bennis when they carved up Wolmer's face. He's here to treat on behalf of Osgray. Um, Dunk confirms this and introduces himself as Sir Duncan the Tall. Someone chimes in, Sir Duncan the Dim, more like. <laughs> Lady Rohan chastises the group, asks Dunk to be shown to her um, audience chambers and given wine. Before she leaves to change, she also asks for her maester and gives Dunk permission to bring Egg inside. Um, so inside, Egg once again reminds Dunk not to drink the wine. When Septon Sefton brings water for Egg, he refuses to have any. The Septon compliments the wine, and he adds, The poison gives it a very special piquancy, <laughs> and winks at Egg. <laughs> I like this Septon. <laughs> so Septon pays, uh, pegs Dunk for being from King's Landing, and he confesses he had hoped that Dunk was a suitor here to seek Lady Rohan's hand. And um, while they wait, they talk of the great spring sickness that took four out of ten in King's Landing. Also the great drought, the sons of the Damon Blackfire, um, the Greyjoys, the Brackens and Blackwoods. The talk also turns to Brendan Rivers, who is half Blackwood. And he adds, make no mistake, tis Lord Rivers who rules us with his spells and spies. Um, King Eris is said to rather take a book to bed than a woman. And the queen has sired no heirs. So Dunk is getting a bit uncomfortable with the conversation. And Egg looks like he's struggling to hold his tongue. <laughs> That'd be rough when, like, you know, it's like basically they're all talking about your family. And, you, you know, you're not supposed to say anything. And, you know, I don't know. probably as if, you know... Well, it would be like you're in the royal family and everyone's talking about what that article they read in People about Prince oh, Harry yeah. or whatever. <laughs> All the rumors. Yeah. I love the Septon here, though. He's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like, what a yeah. great, like, what a great little character in his scene. And, you know, I mean, genuinely seems 
out for, you know, out for Lady Weber. Like, he's kind of on her yeah. side and, you know, like, gives us, you know, very newsy. Like, you can kind of feel like he's just thrilled to have new people. And his name is amazing. Oh, I know. <laughs> Well, and it's probably like, God, you know, stupid Sir Eustace never has anyone new, so he never has anyone to gossip with or talk or do anything with, so now it's like the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> Does anyone feel bad for uh, Blood Raven a little bit? Yes. I mean, everything is blamed on him. Just everything in the realm. Anytime something goes bad, it's his fault. Well, and I mean, isn't he kind of like the precursor to Tyrion in a way? You know, Bloodraven yeah. has the one eye and he's an albino. So therefore, mm. everything is his fault. You know, Tyrion's the dwarf. Everything is his fault. Like, it's just mm. another example of let's take like the, oh. you know, the person who's different and, you know, blame it all on them. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like Lady Weber and her vagina, you know, and that why that must be why she's evil. I mean, it's that. That's dear, true. You know. <laughs> so the no, I think you know. Point taken. Yeah. Everyone's looking for a scapegoat, right? So the Maester has a loose tongue and reveals that Lady Rohan is. Um, bound by her father's will to make um, marry a man before the next moon turn. Otherwise, the castle and the lands will go to her cousin Wendell. <laughs> he has a flatulent man with a goiter in his neck, on his neck. <laughs> and it should be noted here that her father um, wanted her to also marry Long Inch, and uh, she refused. And so, any suitor who means to have her would have to face Long Inch's sword. So there have been suitors more interested in her lands than in her, um, but her reputation keeps most of the men away. And the Septon is hopeful that Gerald Lannister may yet visit. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. She enjoys his letters. (laughs) I bet he was quite witty. (laughs) Yeah. So Lady Rohan enters and tells Septon that um, Gerald would never leave the splendor of the rock. And she also tells him that he's got a big mouth. He really does. This dude gave it up a lot in one page. (laughs) So Egg is astonished by her and asks, You are the Red Widow? (laughs) I'm near as tall as you. And Rohan mentions the last boy who made that observation was sent to the rack to make him taller. (laughs) We should count how many times Egg gets threatened with physical violence in a book. Right? constant. (laughs) So Rohan apologizes for teasing him in the courtyard, and she asks that he not think ill of her sister-in-law. And Dunk takes full blame. She tells him he lies most gallantly. She knew it was Lucas Longinch, and calls him a man of cruel humors. And um, she said that Dunk offended him on sight. Lady Rohan asks Dunk a series of questions. You know, how old are you? How strong are you? Um, how did you get knighted? How did Sir Arlen die? She asks him, um, um, she asks him to swear to her and tells him that she has a need of knights. At Coldmoat, you would have your fill of warm pink meat and sweet fruit. <laughs> like, wow, I was kind of out there. Yeah. <laughs> it was in your face. <laughs> a bit forward. <laughs> Dunk never picked up on it though. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> and Cody's like, "What? What are you guys talking about?" <laughs> Where is the subtext? <laughs> 
So she offers his uh, scrawny squire an opportunity to stay as well. He can train with her master at arms, and Dunk gets a little bit defensive about that comment. He then tells her his sword is sworn to Osgray. Then they talk business. Rohan wants to know why she shouldn't throw Dunk out into the moat in a sack, and Dunk cracks Egg's joke and says, You don't have a sack big enough, and that makes her smile. Dunk offers her the blood price set by Osgray. Rohan doesn't want it. She wants Bennis. No one rides onto my lands, does harm to one of mine, and escapes to laugh about it. And then Dunk brings up the man that she threw into a sack. She tells him he was a sheep stealer, and she'd gone to Eustace twice to complain by the king's law. She had the right to kill him. Egg pipes in on your own lands. So she tells Bennis, um, she tells him Bennis had no right to punish without Eustace's permission. He drew blood. He must answer for it. If she can slit his nose, then that will be the end of it. And she also adds, if she has to come get him, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so she's being pretty reasonable, don't you think? Just hand Bennis over. What the hell? He's <laughs> an asshole no one anyway. Likes him. He smells bad. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad the guy would lose his nose, but, you know. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a weird, heel to, or it's a weird uh, hill for Eustace to really fight his battle on for uh, for uh, Venice here. I like, guess... You know, why would he... You know, Venice is... <laughs> we know he betrays him even at the end, so he's not a good dude. Yeah. I well, I think it's the... I mean, he would... It's the principle of the thing. Yeah. Right, I mean, he's looking... He's kind of looking for a fight. Right. Well, and it is his... He's seen things as well. Clearly, we know his his um his perspective is very skewed. But I mean, it's not so much. I think that it's Bennis. I guess it's that it's his representative. It's his man, and that's why she's mad because her representative, her person, um, was disrespected. It's sort of like a little gang fight that's going on here. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Eustace's last. Maybe in a way his last opportunity to go down in a blaze of swords, you know, like Eustace's last stand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> he's not really thinking about the harm it would be causing, but he's old and sad and just wants to die. I think at this point, <laughs> except he's too much of a chicken shit to like actually come to the castle himself. Well, he's vowed not never to do that, Guile. <laughs> Oh, okay. If it's, as long as it's a bow, we can't call him a chicken. <laughs> so Dunk knows that Eustace won't give up Bennis. He asks if she would consent to take down the dam. The a master, or the uh, the maester, is it maester? Yeah. Yeah, the maester at her, so. yeah, he was a maester. Okay, yeah, the maester at her side puffs up and says, impossible. She has far too many crops, cattle, and horses. And Egg proclaims, you are using it for the moat. Lady Rohan tells them it is the first thing her father told her to keep strong. She needs to be well guarded. And Dunk questions her um, right to take the water, and a scroll is produced with Targaryen seal. Dunk can't read and asks Egg to make out a word for him. Egg gives it a glance and then a nod. It seems the water in the land is hers. Dunk is very confused. Rohan clarifies that Eustace was a traitor and fought for the Black Dragon over the Red and he lost his lands and family for it. And it says, The Black Dragon, you swore your sword to a traitor, Lunk. You ate a traitor's bread and slept beneath a rebel's roof. 
Milady, he said, groping. The black dragon, that was 15 years ago. This is now. There's a drought. Even if he was a rebel once, Sir Eustace still needs water. The red widow rose and smoothed her skirts. He had best pray for rain, then. That was when Dunk recalled Osgrey's parting words in the wood. If you will not grant him a share of the water for his own sake, do it for your, for his son. His son? Adam. He served here as your father's page and squire. Lady Rohan's face was stone. Come closer. He did not know what else to do, but to obey. The dais added a good foot to her height, even so Dunk towered over her. Kneel, she said. He did. The slap she gave him had all her strength behind it, and she was stronger than she looked. His cheek burned, and he could taste the blood in his mouth from a broken lip. But she hadn't truly hurt him. For a moment, all Dunk could think of was grabbing her by the long red braid and pulling her across his lap to slap her arse. As you would a spoiled child. <laughs> if I do, she'll scream, though, and twenty knights will come bursting in to kill me. You dare appeal to me in Adam's name? Her nostrils flared. Remove yourself from Coldmouth, sir, at once. I never meant go, or I'll find a sack large enough for you. If I have to sew one up myself, tell Sir Eustace to bring me Benice of the Brown Shield by the morrow. Else I will come for him myself with fire and sword. Do you understand me? Fire and sword. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I think about when someone smacks me across the face is spanking them. <laughs> you do not fuck with uh, Lady Weber. That is very clear. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, you know, I kind of love this woman. I do too. I mean, there's some questionable, like... I, she's a bit hard, I think a little harder oh, than, yeah. but I mean, she had to be, right? Yeah, exactly. She has to be in that situation. Yeah. It is pretty dickish to take water in a drought, though. Even if it's your water, like, you're just going to let the people next, you know, next town over, essentially, like, let all their crops die. Oh, I think she's wrong about the moat or the, the, the dam or whatever. I, I totally think that was like a crap move to do to, to a bunch of people. Um, but as a character, this woman is like, I don't know. I was rooting for Duncan, the puppet lady. And now, nope, nope. It's Lady Weber. I mean, she's awesome. <laughs> oh no. We have yet another division in this podcast. <laughs> I feel like you're just saying that because you know that she's Tywin's grandma. <laughs> you know, I, it was funny. I, I finished the book. I, you know, I won't spoil it because I know that's the next podcast. But I went on the wiki and I'm like looking her up. I'm like, holy crap, it is, you know. And I'm like, and Titus somehow is her son, and you got to wonder what happened there. <laughs> but well, no, I mean, I didn't Joffrey's Jamie's son. Like, <laughs> well, this is true. No, I didn't even, you know, because I get confused. I, I, I bought the World of Ice and Fire, but it's not like I've ever actually opened that book. Um, <laughs> So it's like, I forget who these people are. So I didn't really realize till the end who she was yeah. when I went, oh my God. In my yeah. defense, I had no idea when I first read these and, and the World of Ice and Fire wasn't even out yet. So like, I just, I just liked her character. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think it was revealed in the World of Ice and Fire. So I mean, we had no idea at this, you know, when it came out, who she really ended up being. Uh Oh, because they just say, oh, she was, you know, Gerald Blaster was interested in her. But yeah, really, oh, and then okay. in the world of Ice and Fire, you find out that they, you know, they eventually married and had four kids. And it's interesting because I didn't realize that 
because again, you know, God forbid I should actually open that book. But I didn't realize that, um, A, that Gerald Lannister wasn't like the first son and B, that Titus wasn't either. I didn't realize he was. Yeah. His, what happened you know, to so the first a, sons? I think they got killed. The one got killed in one of the wars or whatever. And then I don't remember what happened to the other. I, Ellen Rain is mixed up in the whole thing too. Um, which yeah. I did know. I just didn't put the pieces together because it's there's so many damn characters, George. <laughs> it's I mean there you definitely so have to reference the family trees. Like I was constantly looking. And then when I was trying to you know educate myself on, you know, cause I I read what Sir Eustace was saying, but it becomes a blur, and I'm trying to read. You know, I'm looking up about the Battle of Redgrass Field. Yeah. It's dense material, and then you go into the Targaryen family tree. That's even more confusing. Well, and half of them have the same freaking names, and you know, it's like okay, which is like it's the realistic. And That's the realistic, but it's confusing. Can't you just I mean, give them a fruit? You know, you're like trying to keep it all straight, and it's like give oh the pictures. Yeah, barley corn. Some... <laughs> oh man, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and about my inattention, but and this is why you know, this is why we you know don't have winter winter or yeah, Spring. yeah. like that's because exactly it. <laughs> I think he gets lost in his own. You know, he's so lost his in own his own family world. trees. Yeah, he's just like in his office, probably just covered in family trees. <laughs> <laughs> like really, really, really long like scrolls of paper. Oh, I could see what it. their hair colors like and how this Targaryen has, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, they have, like, all the eye colors. Like, you know, if, I bet but if you asked like, him what is Tybalt Lannister's eye color, like, he would know. Tell you. But it's not just, like, with the Targaryens. It's not just, like, well, you know, this one has sort of normal hair and the rest. No, no. It's, like, he's got very specific, like, Miss Claro-level colors <laughs> of what their hair is. You know? Oh, my God. This could be the greatest product tie-in ever. Yes. Oh, <laughs> like, Lord. literal oh. hair colors to Babe. Song of Ice and Fire characters. <laughs> oh, my God. Shiro Seastar Swan. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. I, think I'd, I think I'd get myself a nice Catelyn mahogany. <laughs> 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 this just reminds me of my favorite, you know, like you see like the gender, um, the gender bended characters. And for some reason now all I can think about is, um, the gender bent Robert Baratheon who is described as Roberta Baratheon, a six foot six raven haired beauty. <laughs> That's awesome. Who of course is married to her cousin Rhaegar. Like I just want that to be true. <laughs> oh. So we have uh, Septon Sefton um, pulling Dunk out of the room at this point and tells him it was most unwise to bring up Adam. It was he who she wept for after the red grass field and not the husband she barely knew. She blames his father for Adam's death and the boy was only 12. Dunk asks Sefton to bring his pardon to um, Rohan on his behalf. Sefton tells him that he'll do what he can, but Sir Eustace... Um, but he tells him that Sir Eustace needs to bring Benis and quickly, elsewise it will not it will go hard on him. It will go very hard. So she follows through. Yeah. <laughs> she gets that she gets that from Jamie and Tyrion. <laughs> Make a threat, you follow through. Well and Tywin. No, they they get it from <laughs> and Tywin. <her>. Yeah. <laughs> the other way around. They yeah. get that from her. 
They, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> they get that from her. <laughs> the origin of Tywin's vengeance, you know? Because, I mean, everything <laughs> else we hear about the Lannisters, like, before this point is that they're clever. Yeah. And here's, like, where we see, like, the, the Venge side of them come That's in. where the pay their debt came in, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the road, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's where we're leaving off, guys. Until next time. Yeah. There's more next week. I I love these books so much. These are great. You were right, Lot. I'm just going to keep saying that. What was that? You you broke up there. I I was what? (laughs) (laughs) You were right. I was wrong. I should have read them earlier. Okay? Okay. like music all right <laughs> so any any thoughts on the chapter i mean i think we kind of talked a lot about lady weber i think that's kind of what mostly this one was about is her introduction i think her intro and just um you know quick history lesson about what happened to some of the characters we met in the hedge night you know what's going on with the targs who's who's dead who's alive etc maybe a lesson on perspectives as well too oh yeah for sure yeah, that's good. Can't wait for the next bit. In the meantime, do we have mail? We have some mail. Um, so our first message is on Tumblr, and I have to admit, I actually have no idea what this is referring to. Um, it's from Dying Breed. It's always a good start. It's from Dying Breed XOXO Tumblr, who says, there's so much math in the Duncan Egg Tales. Which, no idea. Oh. <laughs> is that a typo? Is it maybe baths? Maybe. Are there a lot of bats, though? Well, he had like three. <laughs> is it plural? Does it say maths or math? No, math. Well, like the math. Like the subject, the subject. yeah. Well, so much math. Well, now we need somebody to get on that. <laughs> or like, like the, oh. I don't know. Maybe how things, the, the history part of it? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Anyway, explain uh, yourself. <laughs> yeah, explain yourself, please. <laughs> we want to know this theory. <laughs> WGF, expand. We have a comment from Stephen who says, Greetings to all at Close the Door and Come Here. I'm very much enjoying the Duncan Egg podcast and feel that there is an inescapable question to be asked. Given the various parallels between Duncan the Tall and Brienne of Tarth that seem to be emerging, and given that she now has a sigil on her shield, does this mean that she will suffer a similar fate or at least will encounter fire at some significant point? There remains the wildfire at King's Landing question and how that will happen, if at all, in the books. Could this involve Brienne in some way? It almost seems as though as though GRM is building up to some intertwining of the destinies of these two characters. And if so, are there any clues yet as to what form this might take? Hope that is food for thought. Oh, and by the way, anyone think that Jamie will knight Brienne? I know it's unprecedented in Westeros, but there has to be a first for everything. Thanks for the podcast. Here's what I was always wondering, going back to, like, Brienne being knighted. Wouldn't she have had to have been knighted by Renly to be on his guard, or no? No, I mean, the Hound was in the King's Guard and wasn't knighted. Oh, huh. yeah. I thought he was. He served. No. I mean, he doesn't go by that title, right? But he's... I don't think he's knight. Oh. So maybe you don't really have to be a knight to be in the King's Guard? Is yeah. that what we're... Which is wild. Do you think you would have to be? So that should sense. be like a job yeah. requirement. Yeah, well, except requisite. that, you know, the whole North, for example, doesn't really, um, you know, they don't really have a tradition of knighting. 
Oh yeah, he's uh, never taken a knight's vows. Yeah, no. they don't, which is why they don't have a lot of knights up there. Right. Oh, okay. But yeah, but I mean, you know, let's say like, you know, if Bran had kind of had his dream come true and become a, a member of the Kingsguard, he wouldn't necessarily, I don't think, have to be, you know, Sir Brandon. I wonder if that will play into, you know, a lot of people don't think Dunk is, of course, a knight. Uh, and a lot of people think that Aegon will knight him when he becomes part of his Kingsguard. Oh. But if you don't have to be a knight to be in the Kingsguard, maybe, that, maybe that's how that plays out. Maybe Aegon knows that he's not a knight eventually. Hmm. Maybe that's how that starts. I don't know. Could be. Can we go back to the first first part of that question? Um, uh, I guess parallels with Dunk and Brienne, if she's meant to meet a similar fate to Dunk. What are you guys' thoughts? I mean, I almost feel like we should save that for... Save it? <laughs> yeah, let's, think, oh, let's shelve that for the episode. Um, parallel. Steve, and we'll, Steve will save I that for... I want Brienne to end up on a magical island with, you know... Make it Jamie. Naked Jamie and rainbows <laughs> and puppy dogs and there should be no fire and death. Okay. Okay. Agreed. It's been, it's, it's law. <laughs> All right. Let's save it. I think that's a good idea. We'll save that first part. We'll get back to it. Um, we have another one from Georgina who says, hi ladies. I'm a new listener and loving these Dunkin' Egg podcasts. One question for you out of the Duncan Weber interaction in the Salar. What's up with Weber tugging at her hair? Is it supposed to be flirtatious? If so, given Dunk, and I love that she misspells it drunks, because that makes it really <laughs> funny. Um, given Dunk's obvious attraction to her and thoughts of spanking, I'm surprised that Dunk's mind isn't wondering what else she'd like to tug on. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> Apologies for bringing the filth. <laughs> well, the I mean, thing is, he's, he's noticing her tugging on her hair a yeah, lot, so the flirtation is working, and I do think it is a bit of flirtation. Maybe a nervous tick on her part. Too. Yeah, I think it's a yeah, nervous tick. But never underestimate a woman who knows she has beautiful hair and can flirt with it. (laughs) A little bit of both, is my Um, opinion. We have another email from Heidi Moe who says, Hi there, ladies. Thanks for another great Dunkin' Egg podcast last week. And I got two of my emails read and another one this week. Yes. (laughs) Infiltration of JB podcast is complete. Um, (laughs) Since yesterday was Fanfic Writer Appreciation Day, I listened to your fanfic podcast this weekend and tried to read, oh. comment, and kudo on new pieces or old favorites. I really admire you writers for putting your work out there, and I appreciate hearing your thoughts on the subject. Keep on writing. Uh-uh-uh. Um, <laughs> P.S. Don't worry, no first graders were harmed during listening of these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. Thank I, you. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of posers, because when's like the last time any of us actually wrote anything? Know, <laughs> like, right. So long ago. Uh, talking um, today about how yeah no <laughs> we're trying um comma and i are currently working towards something for the gothic exchange that's on live journal which i think uh, just resulted in giving me an idea for something so i got an idea um we also have a comment on the jamie and brian reddit from mercedine and she says I was just listening to the latest podcast episode, awesome as always, and wanted to comment on one small thing, what the potential consequences of Egg using the boot might be might be early in the story. While I, while I agree there's no guarantee it would go their way, I disagree that the Targs wouldn't consider Egg valuable enough to go to war over if someone decided to kill him and they were able to find out what happened. Uh, less far-fetched than it might actually seem given the spine network Bloodraven has built up. 
I wouldn't be at all surprised if he's keeping tabs on Egg. Even though Egg is very low on the line of succession, I think the Targ reaction would be somewhat similar to Tywin's when Tyrion is abducted Mm. into Game of Thrones. It's not that the individual is considered important compared to others within the house, but rather the symbolic insult to the house that's the problem. Doing nothing would undermine the idea that the house is one to be feared, respected, etc. I think Maker and probably Bloodraven too would likely take a similar view to Tywin, in that allowing any outsider to do harm to a Targ, even a relatively unimportant one, would negatively impact the amount of respect they can command in the realm as a whole. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. Yep. Um, I mean, we've kind of seen examples of it we just in this little section we went over tonight. It's the principle of the thing, right? I mean, if somebody's going to yeah. go to war over some scumbag like Bennis, yeah, I mean, if something happened to Egg, it would not go well. Yeah, no, I think that's that's totally accurate. It's not the person. It has nothing to do with the person. It has to do with the, the that they represent the family. That was good. Was that it, guys? That's it, yeah. Okay, they were great. Um, we love getting your mail, guys, so keep sending us stuff. Um, you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com. Also reach us at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can follow us on Twitter at door podcasts. Please support us on Patreon. Um, subscribe, share, review, like, whatever on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and whatever platform you may enjoy this podcast on. And I uh, want to thank you, Cody, <laughs> for guesting with us this evening. I do hope you'll come back. Definitely. Oh, that was quick. That was very quick. Good. <laughs> you guys <laughs> may not realize that we fast. had a few. Yeah, we had a few tech issues tonight, so um, thank you for plugging through with us. Um, thank you, panel. Thank you, moderator. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. The moderator. Moderator. <laughs> 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 I like it. All right, closing the door. Get out.